And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Saturday Slammin' Jam. Hosted by Andrew Schlicht with Alex Spears. How about we can just watch basketball? That's a man's jam! I like that idea. Live from Oklahoma. With questions and participants from all around the world. Put that on a poster! Whether you're flipping your flapjacks, tending to your yard, or just sipping your coffee, get ready, sit back, relax. It's the Saturday Slammin' Jam. Back is I missed this shot, I walk away, I'm still a chump. Here's Andrew. Welcome to the Saturday Slam and Jam. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. Go to theathletic.com slash NBA show and get the athletic for a discounted rate. With me, as always, is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? What's up, Andrew? And a Slam and Jam favorite. Legend. My favorite. Legend, some may say. Josh Robbins. He is the Wizards beat reporter for The Athletic. Josh, welcome back. I love the Saturday Slam and Jam. Yes. And it loves you back. One of our biggest fans. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. And I and I when I visit Oklahoma City, I feel the love. I feel the love. I feel appreciated there by the, your your horde of listeners. There Horde we go. Of listeners. It's there great. We go. There we got some great listeners. I won't deny that. I won't deny that. Um, For God's sake, why why on earth would you deny that? It'd I don't know. It'd be hilarious if you said you don't think your listeners are that great. <laughs> For God's sakes. <laughs> uh, I mean, hey Josh, crazy. listen. Listen, Josh, it's a new era of Wizards basketball. The front office has been completely revamped. We've got Michael Winger formerly of the Clippers and the Thunder. He's now the president of Monumental Basketball. We have Will Dawkins, formerly of the Thunder, also a former neighbor of Jay King. What? Um, he's the Wizards GM. Did you know that? They like grew up like like right near each other. Found that yes, I heard, I, I heard that. Yes, I did. Yeah. But, but wait a second. You said uh, Mike, Michael who? Michael Winger? Oh, stop, stop. <laughs> I mean, you, sure you, you, you announced it. <laughs> Will who? Will who? Come on. Will Dawkins. You see, see you, you say, uh, Josh, you know, uh, by the way, this is a new era of Wizards, as if I'm not the beat writer and don't have any knowledge that this is take, taking I'm, place. This We're is for the listeners. listeners. This, is, this is for our wonderful listeners. Travis Schlenk was also brought in. So Winger and Dawkins were introduced Thursday. Or, do you have any big takeaways from that press conference? Because you, sir, are the beat writer and you were there. Yes, that's right. And um, David Aldridge and I broke the news that Will Dawkins had been hired as general manager. So, yeah, you know, you know how it goes. Um, I'm fully briefed, ready to discuss this. Isn't that interesting that you asked me the question that I'm covering on the upcoming episode of Bullet Points? Whoa, we're our podcast about the Washington <laughs> Wizards. So anyway, uh, the real. It, in ser- being serious now, being serious, 
it, you're right. This is a new era for the Wizards. And look, they haven't won 50 games or more since they reached the NBA Finals as Eastern Conference champions in 78-79 as the defending NBA champs. This city has got a tremendous fan base, but I feel like they've lost a lot of hope over the years. Not all 40 years. There have been some good points, but this arrival of the three new executives offers hope. They're going to have a different approach. What exactly that is, unclear, Mm -hmm. but there is a reason for hope now. And um, I think for the Wizards fans, uh, I think that's a relief. I think that's a relief. I've I've done this a little while now covering teams, either major college sports or pro teams. And I have to say, there is a lot of devotion from the Wizards fans. There's no problem there. But for a long time, there's been a a real lack of hope. And I I think this resuscitates that. So, uh, Josh, before I ask my question, I want to tell you that the article you wrote on Michael Winger was so good. You went back to the beginning. And, and traced his whole path to how he got this current job. And it was a really, really good article. So I want to encourage people to go read it. As part of that, you got Sam Presti on the record talking about Michael Winger, which is very impressive. You don't, you don't see Presti, uh, you know, giving quotes that often. But I got to ask, uh, you know, we're big Thunder guys. When you were talking to him, uh, did you put in a good word for Slam and Jam? Because we, we'd love to have him on. No, I didn't do that. Hmm, interesting, because earlier you said you were a big fan of the Slam and Jam. Hmm. I love the Slam and Jam. I'm mm-hmm. not just a big fan. I'm in love with the Saturday Slam and Jam. And <laughs> I have such tremendous respect for the two of you that I know you guys can do your own thing. You don't mm-hmm. need me to interfere mm-hmm. and do anything. Wow. because okay. wow. I'm and sure. the the reality... Not to hijack your show. Not to, I would never ever do that. Heaven forbid. The, the, I almost feel my age just a little bit because this is now the, that was the second time I've written a profile about someone becoming the executive of a team I covered who descends from this. Sam Presti Thunder slash Spurs tree. (laughs) And now with the Will Dawkins piece that I will eventually write, it will be a third time. So I I feel my age. It's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that this has been the third time I'm going to be asking Sam Presti about an executive he has helped to develop to come to a team that I cover. It's just... Mm -hmm. uh, well, uh, so one of the things you reported on May 24th was that Wizards owner Ted Leonsis has given Winger full authority to reshape the roster, which could include a full rebuild. Now, from the outside, a teardown seems like the obvious path forward. Have you gotten any indications which way they are leaning? Like, do you, do you think that there's still really a chance that they come out of this summer re-signing Kuzma and Porzingis to longer deals Assuming Porzingis opts out, is there is that still really a possibility at this point? Do you think is for all three people to be back yeah. in the fall? Uh, I ha- I have my doubts. However, however, 
if you're going to boost a if you're going to boost a rebuild, you got to pick up some you got to pick up some picks, and um, you don't just let Kyle Kuzma and Kristaps Porzingis walk for no one or no picks in return. Ideally, ideally, uh, you want to be able to keep that asset continuum alive, mm-hmm. right? So you can't bring in picks or people if you haven't resigned Kyle Kuzma or Kristaps Porzingis. That's part of what I'm I'm thinking. Bradley Beal holds so much, so many of the cards here as well, where right. yes, he has the no trade. I question whether at 30 years old, and he's about to turn 30 as a three-time all-star who has been patient with the Wizards and yeah. got close before to the Eastern Conference Finals, whether he would have interest in a rebuild if that's where they decide to go. Um, I haven't heard anything directly to that fact, but I think I think we can do some inductive reasoning here that it's going to mm-hmm. be very difficult um, – that that would be difficult for him to to stomach a long teardown, but that's uh, that does remain to be seen. That does. May I interject with something else? Absolutely, Alex. I've never seen your hair look better. Well, and frankly, and and now Andrew is wearing a backwards baseball cap. So unprofessional. Not, True. It, no, I'm wearing a baseball cap myself. But also it's thank you. <laughs> Um, this is a there's a reason to tune into our YouTube page. This is check out Alex's awesome hair. Yeah, it looks really good, and that's not to. So I just want people to know that it's not that Andrew doesn't have good. hair. I'm envious. I'm envious of Alex's hair. Wow, yeah. thank you, Josh. Yeah, it's that's good. good. It's good. Yeah, good work. It's good. <laughs> the other big contract on the roster is, of course, Bradley Beal, who has a little over two hundred million dollars left on his deal, including a no trade clause. If the Wizards do shift to a rebuild and look to trade Beal, and he is open to it, do you have any sense of how the league views his contract, especially in the light of the new CBA? Would you still expect them to get a good return for Brad? I think they would have to, well, certainly they would have to take back money. right? Yeah. They'd probably have to take back um, a bad contract in order to get a pick, right? a good pick. The reality is, is that for all the um, belly aching about the way Bradley Beal's contract and, and the way he plays, which I think offensively is actually very unselfish in Washington among fans because he is the symbol of this mediocrity that they've uh, dealt with. Uh, he's thought of much more highly in the, in the rest of the league, including by those teams' fans. And two teams that I think potentially could be interested in him would be Philly and Miami, hmm. especially in Philly. If James Harden decides to go to Houston as the Philadelphia Inquirer and Shams um, have indicated is a real possibility. Now Miami uh, heading into these playoffs, I doubt for all their bravado that they really thought they'd get past the second round considering the tough road they had to overcome. But that seems like a natural fit for me to me because the rest of the Heat play defense. And he adds a kind of a dynamism that the rest of the team doesn't quite have. I think he'd be a really good fit there. Um, 
I, I think his skills would be in demand. The contract is unpalatable. That's true. But sometimes certain teams are in a situation where they say, well, this is our window. We better go maximize it. Now, Philly and Miami could be those teams, maybe even the Lakers. Hmm. That's yeah, the, conjecture. The, the, That's conjecture. The, Philly trade seems at least easy because you, you have the Tobias Harris expiring. So it's it's relatively easy to match the money. Um, but that's interesting. Something to think about. I haven't thought about that yet. Um, okay, I want to ask you about this draft because that's kind of like the next big decision that this new front office has. They have pick number eight, they have number 42, and they have pick number 59. Uh, before we get into some of the options, have you noticed any differences already in how the Wizards are approaching the draft with this new front office? Is it harder to get information? Because they're coming from the thunder. <laughs> the intonations of your voice are hilarious. This is why you're a tremendous podcast host. And I can't control the tone or modulation of my voice. I wish I had. <laughs> um, the answer to your question is no. And anyone who tells you in the reporting press corps any differently is not telling the truth. Because they haven't been here long enough in order to give any different signals or approach it in any different way to an outside observer. No one yeah, knows yeah. Um, that they, they are going to have a different uh, evaluation process. That's true that for sure with Will Dawkins and Travis Schlank at the center of that. That's true. So no, I don't have an answer for you. And I know that sounds like a cop out. That's a cop out by the reporter, but no one outside the organization knows. And so anyone who says otherwise is talking out of school. <laughs> Pregnant pause trick. there. Yeah, uh, so I was hoping you guys would. I thought <laughs> that there was some sort of synergy going on here. No, nope, I was going to let you hang, see how long. I'm not afraid of here. pauses. I'm not afraid. Not afraid right. at all. Um, my, my guess is they'll go for the best available long-term fit they're not going to be let's say if there's a, a hole on the roster they're not going to be rushing to fill the hole in order to right. push for the yeah. eighth seed yeah. that i think is i think that's accurate i think that's accurate and do you feel like that's kind of what it has been like for the last couple of years where they were more just looking for a guy who maybe could come in and hopefully immediately contribute there's been an element of that it there's but not fully i don't think they expected Johnny Davis to set the world on fire yeah. uh, when they drafted him. I don't think they expected him to struggle that much that soon. Um, but there's certainly been an element where they've been trying to add to the team and get over a hump where they might be able to get to the sixth seed and then use that as the future foundation to make a all-in move to yeah. go further. I, I think this front office is going to have the approach that this is going to have to be rebuilt. That's my guess. That's my, that's my, that's what my spidey sense is, is telling me. And uh, I wanted to look at it real quick. Okay. So they just have one outgoing first round pick. Um, so they have all their future first other than that one, which I think the Knicks hold right now. That's correct, and there are protections on it, but the reality is is that those protections make it difficult for them to, to trade any first-round pick. I believe 
mm, until true, yeah. 2028 at this time. So they are, if they were in the business of trying to get another all-star and uh, compile all their first round pick, they can't do it. They can't do it. Um, so that's, that was a problem for the preceding regime. And I think, um, but I don't think that they're going to be trying to go all in right now. Anyway, I think they're, I think they're more likely to rebuild. Certainly they're more likely to rebuild and I think they will rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the only news we I've heard in terms of workouts is that they had Kaysen Wallace from Kentucky in and Nick Smith Jr. from Arkansas in terms of guys who might be taken with, uh, you know, that number eight. Are there any prospects that you have found particularly intriguing for the Wizards? I think Anthony Black would be interesting. Yeah? I think you, so. You're talking to one of the biggest Anthony Black fans, not me, Andrew. Loves That's me. Him. He'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued. Uh, either of the Thompsons uh, would be interesting to me. I don't think that they're yeah. going to be there. I don't think Cam Whitmore is going to be there at eight either. Um, you met, you asked about secrecy. Is it possible that the Wizards have had people in and haven't disclosed it? Yes, it's possible. But I also think that as quickly as the executive search process went, mm-hmm. and it went pretty pretty neatly, pretty neatly, pre- pretty tidily, uh, an agent, most agents weren't going to send their people to Washington before the new front office was in place, only because they might think, well, oh, once those individuals arrive in Washington, they might have to send their prospects in a second time. So they'd oh, rather right. just, yeah. so that's, otherwise I think that they're good to go. As, as you know, as you Oklahoma City Thunder expert, experts, no. Wow. Um, what, you're doubting that you're an expert? No, you just said so many nice things to us today. Well, I'm trying to get a reaction from you, but you guys are just, <laughs> you're, 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 it's almost like you've been sedated. I mean, I'm giving you my best stuff here and you guys are, my God, it's never been this t- tough to make you guys laugh before. It, but you are Oklahoma City Thunder experts and Will Dawkins was involved in the draft combine interviews. He's been scouting the draft for years. He's been at the hoop summit all same mm-hmm. with Travis Schlank up uh, he he and the Hawks parted ways in December but before that he was working on the draft years out as well so none of these folks are coming into it blind and they inherit the work that the Wizards front office which remains intact aside from Tommy Shepard conducted leading into the the new hires so I think they're in pretty good shape with the possible exception of, well, they haven't had many contenders for the ninth, eighth pick in yet. We'll see right. if that changes. I think I think it can change, but I also think that they are pretty much where they need to be in terms of prep otherwise. Well, Josh, this is a very exciting time for the Wizards and Wizards fans. I know we got some Wizards listeners out there. Uh, Josh, here's the deal. Uh, we have We have a second guest coming up, and I prepared trivia for them but because it is you i prepared a bonus trivia just for you because i know you love trivia so much okay well i love playing your 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 little games here (laughs) yes my little games (laughs) um no the game the trivia game is not a little game it's these manipulative um whoa tugging at my heart oh come on now let's be honest (laughs) 
you're tugging at my pride. You're tugging at my my I'm breaking you down. My, yes, you've broke. Well, I've been broken down. You, you, you're uh, eviscerating my self worth by these <laughs> humiliating yeah losses to Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, and the people love it. Yes, the people do love it, and for good reason. <laughs> it's glorious. <laughs> it is glorious, and it's wonderful to see someone with such a an obnoxious ego, and mm. pe- someone who is so mean to so many other people, i.e., yes. me. Yes. <laughs> get his comeuppance, and man, have I been comeuppanced by you guys, by you people, and it's just, whoa, whoa, it's whoa. just been painful to accept but i'm ready to go who's your second guest by the way <laughs> kenny beecham are you familiar one of the one of the biggest content creators in the basketball world it's true great chicago bulls fan i've prepared bulls trivia for him but for you not doing wizards trivia some nba finals trivia okay equal footing equal footing don't look away Equal footing? No, because I think Andrew Schleck knew what the topic was going to be and did yeah, a little no bit. Yeah, no idea. Of, I don't talk to Andrew outside of oh, this. No, you guys are, you guys are like um, Red and Andy Dufresne, your best pals. In, in, so they were in, they were in prison. Well, I'm not saying you're in prison, but they were best pals. And as the warden said, you guys are as thick as thieves. Okay, first question. Not you're not thieves, <laughs> but you're pals. I mean, you've been to each other's homes. You respect each other. Is that not right? Josh, first question is for you. First question is for you, Josh. In the last 20 NBA finals, going back to the Pistons win in 2004, there have been 12 players to score 40 or more points in a finals game, and we're going to name them all. So, Josh, you're going to give me a name. Wow. And then Andrew, give me a name. We'll go back and forth. And this is this is the only trivia question we're doing. So this is it. This is your chance to get a win off of Andrew if you just get this one question right. Since what year? I'm sorry. Since 2004. So the Pistons win in 2004. There's been 12 guys who have scored 40 or more in a finals game. Okay. So, Josh. All right. So I I object already not to the question, which is a good good Mm. question by you. you. But it's not a win. Let's just say I... Win the, and I don't think I'm going to win this question. Right. Um, I mean, let's just be, let's keep it 100, as they say. Mm-hmm. This is a bastardization of your trivia game. This is like a. You are stalling. You are stalling yeah, you're so stalling. hard. This is like mm. playing only six minutes of an NBA Finals game as opposed to 40. Would uh, you rather play none? Would you rather not? Yeah, no, I, not want, I, no I want to play. But I want to play okay. the real... We can end the podcast right now, Josh. This, this could be over right now, Josh. Wouldn't it be funny if I said yes, goodbye? <laughs> I'm out. It would be. We could, we like, could do it. Like I'm Yoda. I'm out after fighting the Emperor. I'm gone. To heck with yeah. this. All right, I'll try. I'll try. Okay. I'll start with uh, Steph Curry. Great guess. That is correct. Andrew. Kobe Bryant. That is correct, Andrew. Kobe Bryant. Back to Josh. Ten names remaining. Ten names remaining. Ten names remaining. Pressure. 40 points or more in a finals game since 2004. Okay, I'm thinking here. I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Um, hmm. 40 points or more in a finals game. I'm going to go here with Clay Thompson. 
Josh, that is incorrect. <laughs> Giannis. Yes. Hey, how about LeBron James? So you're saying LeBron. that you're saying that you're saying that you're saying that Clay Thompson is not a great player, not a Hall of Fame worthy player. No, I'm saying as your second guess, why did you immediately go to Clay Thompson? LeBron was out there. Yes. So maybe I was saving that for my next guess. Saving LeBron. Yeah. Go listen to the Bullet Points podcast and go read Josh at the Athletic. Josh. By the way, Josh, we love you. Clay this is Thompson's. Not a- it's not a Clay loss, Thompson's by high. The way. It is a loss. Clay Thompson's high in a finals game, 37. Okay, wow. so it's not like it's crazy. Like I was way off. It's not crazy. It's just that it was your second guess. Yes, but there's a strategy to this, which I clearly am awful at. Okay, the other names, LeBron, KD, Kevin Durant, Dwayne Wade, Russell Westbrook, Giannis, Devin Booker, uh, Kyrie Irving, Jokic, Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton. Jokic. Jokic did it a few nights ago. Yes, I... So, yes, I know this, but I'm trying to play a strategy game here, which I got my butt kicked again. But this is this is like an exhibition loss. This is like someone losing. That's right. It's preseason. It's in pre-season. preseason, this is a preseason NFL game. football. Yeah, yeah. When you so, come back next next season, we'll do a full Andrew versus the Beat trivia. These are It'll the games. Great. These are the manipulative games I'm referring to. Come back next season. Well, that's a long way away. All right. And it might even be when you guys spin your board, uh-huh. your wheel. Yeah. The wheel. Yeah. Th- this might be in March. It could be. You're not wrong. We can't control the wheel. Yeah. We have no control over it. We refuse to control the wheel. Refuse. Actually. Please go read Josh. The Wizards are going to be very interesting yes, over the next the, few weeks. Yes, they will. And that, forget about the joking we're doing about your gentleman's antics. You two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you guys, you jokers mm-hmm. forget about that the wizards are interesting they are yeah. and um that we're not joking about and i'm not joking about my anger and upset and frustration and emasculation of getting my butt kicked in trivia it's terrible right. it's destroying my street cred <laughs> that's right one of the only shows on the athletic nba show where <laughs> Where our guests are emasculated. Thank you oh, no, just so much, guess. Josh. Thank you so much, Josh. All right, my pleasure. I love the slam and jam. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Andrew, our next guest is the most influential content creator in the basketball world. You can find him on YouTube across channels such as KOT4Q and Kenny For Real. He's the co-host of the Through the Wire podcast. He is the founder of Enjoy Basketball at enjoybball.com. We are recording on Friday, the same day that he appears on the Stephen A. Smith Show. 
but most importantly, our guest is a Chicago Bulls fan. It is none other than Kenny Beecham. Kenny, welcome to the show. Wow, what an intro. The most influential? I don't know if I have that title. Well, I thought it sounded good. I, I was going to say one of the most influential, but I was like, why not just go with most influential? Who's going to check me on it? Take it. Yeah, I was going to say, it. tell I'll me somebody it. who's more influential. Find me that person. I don't no, know who that I, is. I appreciate you guys having me for sure. Um, yeah, Bulls fandom wrapped into me from from day one, unfortunately. Yep. Um, yep. So yeah, I guess we could talk about it. Back to, back to the Eddie Curry days. Yeah. Um, Kenny, let's start here. Only two months ago, your beloved Chicago Bulls were up 85 to 80 with six minutes left in the fourth quarter against the Miami Heat in the final playing game. The Heat are now in the NBA Finals. Yeah. Is there any part of you that has watched this Miami run and thought, hey, maybe the Bulls aren't as bad as I thought? No, not for a second. <laughs> the only thing I'm thinking about with that is like, man, we had a 27-year-old Jimmy Butler here in this city, yeah. and we decided oh, not to max him and instead trade him away. That is pain. That yeah. is pain. Yeah, yeah, that is true, true pain. You know, so, watching yeah. that play in, um, I was excited to potentially get two playoff games here in Chicago because I, you know, I try to get to as many games as I can. But also, I was like, hey, there's a whether it be two percent chance at Victor Wibanyama with that top three, top four protected pick, yeah. I'm like, you know That's what? True. I'm okay that we blew that lead, and then obviously the <laughs> yeah. pick conveyed to Orlando. So now we're just right. sitting twiddling our thumbs, not knowing what to do. So a lot of the national conversation around the Bulls this season was about whether they should retool and run it back or blow it up. If you were the Bulls GM, which path would you choose? What would be your preference? <laughs> I think I would rather retool. Um, the, the problem is a lot of the things that we have aren't super valuable for retooling or I guess or rebuild completely. But I just think back of all the hard times in a rebuild and looking at our fan base is like, I think it's going to be really hard to try to convince those guys that a full on rebuild is the right direction after we just came out of a rebuild a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, I know it's yeah. it's a new regime, so you know they're going to draft differently. They have different expectations for what a potential rebuild could be. But the, you guys talk about teams being stuck. This is the definition of that. Stuck in mediocrity where it's like, hey, we can be a playing team every single season. If that's what, what we want, we might be able to blow it up. But I don't know. Our draft history say that maybe we shouldn't. So I don't know. If, this is why I've always been telling people because, you know, everybody knows that I'm tied into the Bulls. I always say I'm, I'm going to give this front office another year before I start to be extra critical even though the Vucevic yeah. trade was under this regime and it's hard yeah. not to Oof. look at that and be upset about it. I'm giving them one more season to really convince me um, if we should really trust them. Well, I wanted to ask you about yeah. Vooch because uh, Joe Kelly of the Chicago Sun-Times, he wrote a piece this week. And in that one thing he, he mentioned was that project blow up is not an option, according to Bulls GM Arturis Karnasovas. He also said, though, that they have started to start negotiations with Vooch on a contract extension. Like when you hear that... It, is there a number in your head that you're like, okay, I would be okay if they signed Vooch to this amount? Like, do you yeah, have a limit it, it, in your head? Um, I think that my limit where I would look at it and be like, that's not terrible if yeah. it's if it's like a 360, three years, 60 mil. Now we're talking about a center that's in his mid-30s, so maybe three years is maybe stretching it. Is it two plus a team option or something like that? But if we right. talk about like the $20 million annually, that feels about right with Vooch considering the way mm -hmm. players are getting play, uh, paid. 
I think that, you know, when he was traded to Chicago, the expectation was the all-star performance that he gave in Orlando that year. Um, and he hasn't lived up to that. But I would say overall, this was a really solid Vucevic season. Um, he was one of the more consistent players for the team playing all 82 games. Um, and for a guy that we question the defensive ability. This is the second year in a row the Bulls had a top 10 defense. And this time, I think it was like six or five. And I mean, yeah. the defense on the back end matters a lot. And apparently Vucevic, whether or not, it might not look like it, he's doing something right on that end. So 360 mm -hmm. makes sense. 20 years annually makes sense. I just don't want to lose the asset. That's a big question in Bulls fandom right now with him being a complete free agent. Um, what most people wanted us to see or wanted us to go to a different direction. I just hate the idea of losing him for nothing after we gave up 11th overall pick this year, 7th overall pick that turned into Franz Wagner, and then Wendell Carter Jr., who all of those assets look great right now. You know, yeah, to just to yeah. lose him a year and a half later for nothing feels like malpractice. That's what it feels like. Yeah, that would not, not be great as much as it, as much as maybe he's not the exact player that you want to build, you know, your team around. You mm -hmm. at least want to hold that asset. Um so if the Bulls do decide to blow it up, one good thing is that they have some nice young players. One of them is Patrick Williams. He's eligible for rookie extension this summer. He's a former fourth overall pick, mm -hmm. and he played all 82 games last season, shot 41.5% on three and a half threes per game. The hype around him is not at an all-time high, but what do you think about his progress last season? I think he had a really impactful season um the the problem with the patrick williams thing is that the year he was drafted was the year of COVID, right so there was no summer league so he was thrown into the fire of the nba immediately and while some yeah. of his people drafted around him you know succeeded in that it's not for everybody we're talking about a guy that came off the bench in college he was six man of the year at, at florida state he didn't have a huge huge role it was more about the idea of him more than the actual production in college so when we drafted mm -hmm. him fourth overall we knew immediately that it was going to be a project, but simultaneously, hey, we just traded for Busevich. We just got DeMar DeRozan. So now this guy that we looked at to be like, here's a few years for progression. It's like, hey, you're the starting power forward on the team that used a lot of assets to be competitive and you have to figure yeah. it out. Unfortunately, last season, a couple games into the year against the Knicks, I think it was five or six games to the year, Mitchell Robinson blocked the shot, broke his hand, and he missed a big, big chunk of the season. And because of that, now a, a guy that already had limited amount of reps in the NBA missed like like three fourths of the year, and he's thrown back into the fire right before the playoffs. And now he's in the playoffs. He got to guard Giannis. And this this yeah. season, you know, I, he took on the responsibility of guarding those big wings, and he was overmatched in a lot of those cases. But I do think that the defensive versatility, like we see, we see moments where it's like that's what we want. We see moments where. Uh, Mar DeRozan or Zach Levine is getting their rest and Patrick Williams is able to use the mid-range jump shot more than he normally would where the Bulls don't have any space and so now he's sitting in the corner for those three attempts per game. I think the ceiling is still pretty high on Patrick Williams even though I know a lot of Bulls fans are turned off by him but I honestly do believe he didn't get the right he hasn't got the right opportunity to showcase what he could be because at the most, because we have Vooch, because we have Zach, and because we have DeMar DeRozan, three head-steady, offensive-oriented players, he's always been at the best fourth option. And a lot of the cases, it turns into fifth because, you know, we've had some players like Kobe White who want to, you know, get yeah. a couple shots up a night. So, you know, that when I think about retooling or rebuilding, I just want Patrick Williams to be in a situation where we can really decide whether or not he is a foundation piece of this franchise going forward. 
Yeah. What do you think a, a comp for him would be after you've seen him for a little bit? Like, what's his ceiling? It's hard to say um, because I'm, I'm going to say this and every uh, people hate when I say it, but it's he moves like Kawhi. Now, he doesn't have the skill. <laughs> he doesn't have the tenacity. Yeah. He doesn't have the hands of Kawhi. But like the lower yeah. body movement is very, very Kawhi-esque. When he gets mm-hmm. to his spots in the mid-range and he, he's kind of like a robot there as well, it seems Kawhi. But he's not going to be Kawhi Leonard. You know, he's not going to be mm-hmm. that. And I don't know many players that I feel like a real comp for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I think that if if I'm being generous, sometimes I can see some Tobias Harris in his game. But sure. fourth overall pick for Tobias Harris feels kind of weird. Um, yeah. But if that's where he ends up being, I think we feel fine. Tobias Harris is a good player when you X out the idea of him making $35 million a year. Um, yeah. so I, it's hard to say he's one of those dudes that because we haven't seen a, a ton of what he's capable of it's hard to really say that's the player he reminds me of and it's still so yeah. while I was looking at it last night I, I completely forgot that he's still 21 yeah like one of the benefits of drafting a guy who's that young he hasn't even started mm-hmm. his you know rookie extension and he's 21 mm-hmm. yeah you mentioned paying Tobias 35 what's the expectation as far as his extension coming up I, I can see it so many different ways. Honestly, I don't believe that they're going to come to an agree, agreement this offseason because there is so much to be seen from him. Like, I, I can see his camp looking at and say, hey, you offer me X amount of dollars. We feel like we're better than that. And because of that, we're going to go into this next season and we're going to play hard and we're going to hopefully make more money in next offseason. But it's, again, with him being at the most fourth best player on the team, fourth fourth option. I can't see a, a world where the front office gives him a contract extension that he feels super confident with because, again, he's only 21 years old. When he was drafted. He was the youngest American-born player in the entire draft. You know, so mm. it, it's, it's hard to say. Um, but I do know that no matter what the direction is, Patrick Williams is a guy that I want to stick to for at least a couple more seasons before I, I'm turned off by the idea of him being in the red and black. Yeah. So another young player that's in limbo is Kobe White, who is a restricted free agent this summer. Had a pretty nice run after the All-Star break. Do you see him as a a definite piece for the Bulls' future, or does he feel like maybe his future is up in the air a little bit? It feels like they're going to have to make a decision between Kobe White and Ayo DeSumo, both being Mm -hmm. um, guards. Both have their own individual things that they really excel at. Rookie season, Ayo DeSumo came out and showed that he can shoot the three-point po- three ball well. And then sophomore year, he slumped pretty pretty aggressively where he went from a guy that was starting because of the Alonzo Ball injury to a guy that was like the fourth man off the bench on some nights. Like he had lost the trust of Billy Donovan. But he's a Chicago-born kid, and the front office definitely loves them. At least one Chicago-born kid on the roster. But if I had to pick between the two, I'm definitely – going Kobe White. He showed me something this season that may not show up in the numbers, but it was his ability or his aggression on defense. There, there was a game that I was at specifically. It was against the Indiana Pacers, the game that Tyrese Halliburton hit the game winner on us. I hated it. But like there was moments yeah. in that game where his assignment was Halliburton and he was firing. He's diving on the floor. He's going to the crowd. He's he's trying to get the crowd involved. And I think part of that is having the Patrick Beverly effect that helped us for the second half of the season. But he mm. showed that like that emotion that we saw a little bit at UNC, we hadn't really saw much at the NBA level other than him rooting for Zach Levine when Zach Levine hits game-winning shots. And now it's like based on his play, I'm going to take a heat check shot. And when I make it, I'm going to scream to the crowd. And I, I don't know how much of that is going to transition to him getting progressively better throughout the years. 
but that's a guy that I would also attach to. The, the guys that I feel like that no matter what this offseason I want to see on the roster is Kobe White, Patrick Williams, and Zach Levine. Everybody else, I would be okay with the right price of them leaving, honestly. Yeah. All right, Kenny, we're done with the Bulls for the time Thank being. You. It's time for the lightning round. Five questions about the NBA in general. Mm-hmm. Question number one, a time traveler from five months in the future shows up at your house today. The time traveler knows everything that happens in the NBA this summer, but will only tell you about one team. You'll get to find out what happens at the draft and trades, free agency, but only for one team. Which team mm. do you choose? Mm-hmm. Wow, that is tough. What team do I choose? This this question boils down to me. What team has the biggest question marks? You know that the I, honestly, I might pick the Lakers. Really, I, I might pick the Lakers. Honestly, um, with their free agency, with basically eighty percent of their roster being a free a, being free agents, with the connections to potentially a Kyrie or Chris Paul if he's available. I'm right. just very curious of what. Rob Palenka and those guys over there can put together to maximize the last couple years of Braun. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to laugh at me for the answer, because if you know me, I'm usually like, I won't say anti-Laker, but because the Lakers fan base is so large, I like to like really troll them. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm usually on the like the <laughs> you know pessimistic side when it comes to Lakers fan, but I'm honestly really curious about their offseason. Is it bringing back D'Angelo Russell? Is it Kyrie? Is it Chris Paul? I, I want to know those answers. Okay. Question yeah. number two: Three guards: Chris Paul, James Harden, Damian Lillard. How many are playing for a new team on opening night next season? I, I would I would say two. Two. Which two? Okay. I don't know. But it, I, I, I'm but saying two. Okay. I, I, okay. Chris Paul feels, I wouldn't say a definite, um, because the reports are that they might try to wave and resign or whatever. Right, but yeah, yeah. He, he's a guy that if he did hit the market, that there will be teams interested. At what price? I don't really know. Dame is doing the media tour right now and answering every single question. But I do believe that he's probably starting the season with the Blazers. But James. I, I, be, I believe the Houston thing. I, be, I believe the Houston Buds wholeheartedly, uh, wholeheartedly. So I would say two. Okay. Question number three. Which of the following vets are you most confident in to make their first All-Star game next season? Jamal Murray, Jalen Brunson, Mikael Bridges. It's got to be Jamal Murray. Because I think if he averages this, he averaged like a even 20 points per game in the season, the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. If he yeah. averages two more points in that and – we're, we're, I'm assuming that the Nuggets have won the championship this year. Right. He's gonna get he's gonna get that extra boost because he had been so amazing in the playoffs. Not just this run, but the previous run as well. I think that he's gonna get people to really vote for him. But we're also talking about New York City with Jalen Brunson, and they got it for Julius Randle this year. I could see them swinging it and saying, "Hey, it's JB this time around." Yeah, it feels like all three of those guys. Are yeah, very good bets to make their first All Star game. Okay, question number four: The time traveler is back. From oh, question great. number one, and he's being a jerk in payment for telling you about the Lakers offseason. He's forcing oh, you to bet $10,000 today on a team to win next year's championship. Who are you betting on? Who am I betting on? I am going to bet. What you know today? June mm. 9th. I, it, I think every single team outside of the Denver Nuggets that we consider contenders have big questions this offseason or made dramatic changes like yeah. hiring a first-time head coach. Yeah. 
So my money might be on the repeat. I know it's unlikely, but I, I like Nikola Jokic's odds to continue to be a top two to three player in the league and him and Jamal Murray to do the thing again. Okay, question number five, final question. You do a lot of uh, 2K videos on YouTube. I do. What do you think is the best basketball video game of all time, name and year? Um, For me, it's going to be NBA 2K11. Um, uh, that was after the Kobe. Kobe. This was is year after Kobe. This is first year of Michael Jordan being on the cover. Ah, yeah. okay. Yes, yes, yes. This, this one was the one that made me start making uh, 2K content. So I think I just have the personal attachment to it, whether it was a good game or not. They had like the Jordan challenges that I thought was so cool because we had never mm -hmm. really had Jordan's rights in the game. So now we can play the flu game on the sticks. We can do all of this stuff. The dunk contest. Like it was great. For for me at the time, six, 16, 15-year-old me was in love with that game, and I played it all the time. Now, have you ever played uh, NBA Inside Drive for the original Xbox? <laughs> no. no. Well, you I should knew go, you were going to bring this up. I knew you were going to bring this up. <laughs> you should go buy an old Xbox and get NBA Inside Drive 2002, uh, which is an amazing video game that no one cared about or played, but I loved. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, okay, Kenny, thank you for answering all our questions. It is now time to play Andrew versus the Beat, our weekly trivia show where Andrew goes head-to-head -head against a beat writer, or in this case, Kenny Beecham. Now, Kenny, in honor of you being here, I uh, made up eight trivia questions about the Bulls, but specifically about Bulls rookies. Okay, Ooh. so I've come up with eight questions. Some are easy, some are hard. You're going to give me a number between one and eight. It'll correspond to a question. If you get it right, you'll get at least two points. If you get it wrong, Andrew will have a chance to steal for one, and it will go back and forth. Mm to all the questions have been asked and answered. So to start us off, I just need a question between one and eight. All right, I'm gonna take um, num number one for Derrick Rose. Okay, question number one. Who was the last Chicago Bulls draft pick to score double digits in a playoff game during their rookie season? Okay. Okay, the last Chicago Bulls drafted player. Um, with the Bulls, to be clear, with, they, they, with the Bulls, right, right. During their rookie season, they were made it to the playoffs and scored double digits in a playoff game. Who's the um, last to do it? Whoa, that's that's tough. Okay, so I'm I'm counting out Patrick Williams. We missed the playoffs that year. We made the playoffs with Ayo Desumo rookie season, but I don't I don't think he dropped double digit points against the Bucks in that first game. And if I keep going back, obviously we had a big stretch. We missed the playoffs, so I don't have to think about Wendell <laughs> Carter or Larry Markkinen. Um, the 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 name 
I mean, I, I think the answer. Whew, okay, D- Dick Rose is the obvious answer, but is he the last? Is he the last one? So let me let me go back throughout my history again, thinking about rookie players on the Chicago Bulls. I I think I'm gonna go with Derrick Rose. Kenny, that is incorrect. Andrew, wow. you have a chance to steal for one point. My guess is Nikola Miritich. I'll just let you guys know this was the hardest question I came up with. If either of you had gotten this, I would have been so impressed. It was Paul Zipser oh in 2017. No. <laughs> wow. Paul Zipser. Zipser. Right. I have not Zipser. heard the Zipser's name in a long time. Wow. Yeah. That was uh, okay, a while Andrew, ago. Uh, the board is yours. Wow. Okay, number two. Question number two. In his rookie season, Kobe White had three 30-point games. Since that season, only three rookies have had more than three 30-point games during their rookie seasons. How many can you name? One point per correct answer. Three these are rookies. rookies. These are rookies since Kobe White who have had more than three 30-point games in the rookie season. Wow. Okay. There's only three of them. That's, That's actually surprising. Yeah, it's very surprising. Um, Anthony Edwards. Andrew, he had four. That is correct for one point. Um, Paolo Bancaro. He had six for another point. Can you get the final one, Andrew? There's one more that doesn't include the 19 draft. Uh, it could. Yeah, it could. It could include the 19 draft. Yeah, John John Morant. That is incorrect. Oh. Ugh. Kenny, you have a chance to steal for one point. If you can name three, the other player. Three 30-point games. Than three 30-point games. More, more than, than three. three, to be clear. More than three. Because there are okay. some players who did have exactly three. Wow. Ja didn't have more than three 30-point games in his rookie season. That's kind of wild. Yeah, it does sound unbelievable. I will double check. <laughs> <laughs> it does. More than three 30-point games since 2019. Rookie class, rookie class, 2019 rookie class. Um, Anthony Edwards and Paolo Bencaro are the two that, that have been named, correct? Yes. Yes. John only had one, and it was exactly wow. 30. Hmm. Interesting. That's wild. Um, sheesh, who, who came in and just immediately just get him buckets? At least four games out of 82 had 30. This feels like such a bad guess because the the volume of the amount of games this player played his rookie season is really mm. low. Mm. I'm going to take Zion. Well, it's a good guess because he did have three. Oh, he did not man. have more than three. This player actually had the most out of any rookie since Kobe White. He had eight 30-point games. Jalen Green. Jaylen. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't feel too bad about not guessing Jalen Green. I'm <laughs> be honest with you. You have been watching a lot of Rockets <laughs> the past couple not. years? <laughs> uh, okay, Kenny, you have control of the board. I'll take seven. Question number seven. Oh, this is a fun one. Larry Markinen hit 145 three-pointers in his rookie season. Since his rookie season, nine rookies have hit more than 145 threes in their rookie season. And we're going to name all of them. So how this works, Kenny, you're going to give me a name. Then Andrew will give me a name. We'll go back and forth until one of you stumbles. So these are rookies since Larry Markinen was a rookie. 
who hit at least 146 threes during the rookie season. Oh my season. god. Who in this class? Someone in this class, I'm pretty sure. Oh man. Okay. Maybe what I should have had thinking? my breakfast. Um <laughs> This this is okay. All right, all right. I always try to think about draft classes by the first pick, and obviously Paolo Bancaro is this year's first pick. Um who hit the th- who, some I I'm I'm like 85% sure somebody in this draft class broke this record and we we're like, oh, that's that's weird. Mm-hmm. You can you can up that to a hundred percent. Yeah. Ooh, Andrew's giving you a hint. Oh, Andrew knows. Oh man. Okay. Okay. I'm drawing blanks right now for the draft class. Calvin Carroll's one at two. <sighs> okay. We will take Murray. That is correct. Oh, man. Kenny. It took so <laughs> long to get there. It took so long to get there. Oh, my you arrived, God. though. You got it. I got it. Murray, there. number one, set the record this year. Okay. Andrew, need a name. Uh, Trey Young. Whew. Trey Young is at the very bottom of this list, but he is on the list. That is correct. Okay. Back to Kenny. Now, uh, okay. Now I'm taking, I'm, I, I, I wish I had an idea of like how many was in each draft class. Because <laughs> I'm I'm done with 2022. If there's anybody else on 2022, I'm just gonna say You're that I, I I forfeit that year. I just okay, it's done. Okay, so you're moving back. Yeah, I'm moving backwards to to the previous draft class. Um, now thinking about shooters. Um, and my mind keeps going to one name, but he definitely was more of a year two shooter than a year one shooter. So I don't I don't feel confident in him just yet. But he might be my backup just so I get something on the board because I don't want to take up too much time. Um, how many threes was it again? It was a hundred and 145. So more than that. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to go with a guy that just scored a lot of points his rookie season. I'll take Luka Doncic with a guess. Kenny. That is correct. He's okay. number five on the list. Take it. Okay. Back to Andrew. What about Donovan Mitchell? That is whose record Keegan Murray broke this year. Previous high before that. That is correct. So back to Kenny. We've got five names left. And mm. I will say there's maybe two that I think are reasonable, and there's three that are uh, a little interesting. Oh, man. Now my brain is going to immediately go to the interesting ones. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, who do I remember? It's just rookie season, just getting getting threes up. I feel like it's everybody nowadays, honestly. Yeah, that's true. Um. I'm this guy's more of a just a straight up shot creator, not necessarily a three point shooter, but I guess he had a lot of 30 point games. I'd take Jalen Green. Kenny, he is on the list. Thank you. At number eight. Wow. Take that. Wow. Right. Back to Andrew. Four names left. Oh boy. Okay. Um what about Tyrese Halliburton? Andrew? That is incorrect, which means oh. Kenny gets the two points. Oh, wow. Oof. Oof. I, was, I names... was done. I was done after that one. I had no idea. <laughs> so the other one that you, you might have gotten because we just talked about him was Anthony Edwards. He's oh, one. Yeah. Oh, but then the yeah, other three guys, Sadiq Bey, yeah. Landry okay. Shamit, and Kyle oh. Kuzma. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those are tough. Uh, okay, we got a tie game. Really Andrew, you have control of the board. 
Number three. Question number three. We were just talking about him. Larry Markkinen holds the Bulls franchise record for most three-pointers in a rookie season with 145 threes. He needed every last one to set that record because this Bulls rookie hit 144 during his rookie season. Who is it? Hmm. This is like any Bulls rookie ever. Any Bulls rookie ever, yeah. He had to hit a lot of threes in his rookie season. 144. I don't know if he was this good this early. I don't know if he took this many threes either, just because it was kind of a transition time of the game. I'm just going to go with my gut and say Ben Gordon, but I don't know. Ben Gordon, Andrew, that is incorrect. Kenny, you have a chance to steal for one point. Um, I'm going to go with Nico Miritich. Nico Miritich, one of my favorites. Was he number two? It is not. Ah. It was Kirk Heinrich. Oh, the captain. Whoa. Captain. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Did tie go game. back. Go way back. 2003. Yeah, back. I know. That is yeah. kind of surprising. Uh, yeah. Okay. Kenny, board is yours. Tie game. I'll take six. Oh, speaking of Nikola Miritich, <laughs> what was former Bulls draft pick Nikola Miritich's career high in points? Now, before you answer, you get to choose who answers first. So you can answer first, and then Andrew can go higher or lower, or you can make mm. Andrew answer first, and then you can go higher or lower. And this is career high points like over his entire career, not just as a rookie. Um. Oh, that's Andrew. Do the do the honors. I'm going to allow you to to pick the number. Thirty-four. Thirty-four is where you set the bar. Kenny, would you like to go higher or lower than thirty-four? I'm going to take a slight over. Slight over? Maybe two points over? Because it was 36. <laughs> no! Two points for Kenny. I didn't uh. even mention this, but if you get it exactly right, you get a bonus point. Andrew was two points away from two that points bonus away. point. All right, the, Andrew. The number were... I had in mind was 37. So I, Ooh, I, I, wow. was, I was right there. Right there. Uh, Andrew, you're now down by two. Just oh, a few boy. questions number remain. Four. Number four. Question number four. Three Bulls rookies have recorded a triple-double during their rookie season. One is Michael Jordan, who had three triple-doubles during his rookie season. Who were the other two? You get one point per correct answer. This is going to be either genius or so stupid. Because <laughs> okay. I think Denzel Valentine did it, but I, I might be just an idiot. Andrew you might be an idiot because it is not Denzel Valentine. Dang it. I don't know why I thought that. I don't, <laughs> don't know why I thought. I, my mind went that way as well. I don't know my why my mind. Mo- that that's exact. My my brain just was like vroom, Denzel Valentine. I don't know why. <laughs> I got to go see. He he must have had a game that was close for you to say that. He so must I, have. I look it up. He's just one of those guys that can potentially get you 10 assists and also yeah. could get you eight rebounds and 10 to 10 rebounds. So yeah, he could just um, do a little bit of everything. He wasn't great yeah. at anything, but he could do a little bit of everything. It looks like the closest he got as a rookie was he had an 11, 12 and four game. 11, 12 and four. So that's only not six close. assists away. <laughs> that's not close yeah. at all. Okay. Kenny, you could, you could put this away right here. You mm-hmm. get one point per correct answer. No. Bulls rookies who had a triple double during the rookie Gosh, season. I know. I, I, I have them in my brain now. I'm so. Why did I do that? Why did I do um, that to myself? Bulls rookies. Bulls rookies with with a triple double. Um. 
I'm I'm go- I'm just gonna say Scottie Pippen might have done it his rookie season. Scottie Pippen, Kenny, that is incorrect. The two names. Joachim Noah. No. Okay. No. Kirk oh, Heinrich. Okay, good. Again. Oh my God! He's just just go with Kirk Heinrich every time. You'll Kirk Heinrich apparently had the most amazing rookie season ever <laughs> that I didn't realize. And then Jay Williams. Jay Williams had a triple oh. double. Okay, I don't okay. feel as bad because I thought. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that would be a tough one to remember. I was thinking Wings Boy, was and, I... and Bigs, yeah. Okay, it's Kenny, you are up to two questions to go. Uh, you have control of the board. Where would you like to go? I'll take five. Okay, question number five. How many players who played for Chicago during their rookie season played minutes in this year's playoffs? You don't have to tell me who they are. You just have to give me a number. So these are players who either were drafted by Chicago or just played their rookie season uh, in Chicago. They also played minutes in this year's playoffs. Wow. Um, okay. There's at least one. His name is Jimmy Butler. Okay. Um, so you're feeling okay. confident about one. I'm confident that one is the baseline. Okay. Are there any, any, any more you think? I uh, played minutes in this year's playoffs. See, this is the crazy thing because I remember Derrick Rose getting off the bench for the Knicks, but I don't remember if that was last game of the season or during this playoff run. Mm. Um, I remember specifically because he had no accessories on, and that is the first time I've ever seen Derrick Rose <laughs> with nothing on but his sneakers and his uh, his jersey. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Just okay. This is this is when I'm thinking about it. Milwaukee Bucks. Is there anybody in the Milwaukee Bucks that? played their rookie season in Chicago. Okay. Is there anybody on the the Miami Heat? Okay, we already got. Hmm. Okay. I think it's probably better that I just give a ballpark answer instead of going through okay. every single team. So my ballpark answer is going to be five. Kenny, that is incorrect. Andrew, you have a chance to steal for one point. I can only think of two, so I'll just say two. But I, that's probably also wrong. It is wrong. Uh, Kenny, originally the answer was three, but then you brought up Derrick Rose. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> did he play? I, I think he did play, and he did. He played two and a half minutes in game three. Uh, first round. Bobby Portis. The number was four. Jimmy Butler, Bobby Portis, Derrick Rose. And who played six minutes for the Chicago Bulls as a rookie? Max, Max Struess. Struess. I knew Max Struess. Struess. I knew Struess. Struess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. Okay, Andrew. Illinois boy. You're two points down. The final question. If you get this right, we'll have a tie game. We have to go into overtime. <sighs> All right. Are you ready? I don't know why I should. Yeah. Because I don't know either, but I'm ready. <laughs> there have been eight games where a Bulls rookie scored 40 or more points in a game. During the rookie season, of course. Seven of those eight were from Michael Jordan. Which Bulls rookie is responsible for the only other 40-point rookie game in Chicago franchise history? Oh, my gosh. If this game is any any indication of what it is, it's probably Kirk Heinrich, <laughs> but I'm not going to answer that. 40-point um, as a rookie. Mm-hmm. I mean, Derrick Rose is like the obvious one, but it seems too obvious. Hmm. It's probably something weird. 
but I'll feel dumb if I if it is Derek Rose. I'll just say Derek Rose. I don't think that's right, but I will just say Derek Rose. Derek Rose is with the high as a rookie was 27 points, which means Kenny, oh you God, win the week. Now you can you can rub it in if you know the mm-hmm. answer to this. Any guesses? Uh, um <sighs> I my mind immediately went to Ben Gordon and then okay. I also thought Kobe White Correct answer was that is true because Kobe White did have three thirty point games. Yeah. Correct answer was Elton Brand. Elton Brand, okay. the only other Bulls rookie Whoa. to do it. Wow. Okay. So congrats Man. to Kenny Beecham, winner that of is, this week's Andrew versus the Bee. That Love is it. so wild. Uh, go listen to Through the Wire. Go check out Kenny. He got he has multiple YouTube channels. Is there I'm one every, that you'd I'm like everywhere. to promote today? Uh, nah. I'm, oh. I'm just happy to be here, guys. Am I correct that because uh, we might have some fans in Miami? Am I correct? You guys are doing a live pod. In like a yeah, week? we're we're doing a live pod um, on Thursday the fifteenth. I think that's the day, okay. um, which would be Game Six if it gets there. Mm, yeah, uh, which should be fun being in Miami for something like that. Um, it's free. Yeah, that that should be what I promote, not one of my YouTube channels. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, <laughs> it's you can RSVP at ttwtour.com, completely free. Doors open at six. Show starts at six thirty, um, and we always make it a good time. So yeah, check that out. It's awesome. Thanks so much, Kenny. Thank you guys. Thanks so much to Josh Robbins and Kenny Beecham for joining the show. If you leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the show. Our first one comes from LaceUp916. Five stars. It just says, you're the GOAT. Thanks so much for that review. This next one comes from T dot semicolon F-Y-L comma I-O-I 7-C-B-8-H slash colon Y-8-U-9-8. That is a Wi-Fi name. Somebody just put their Wi-Fi name. It is a Wi-Fi name, but I did read it. Five stars. Great show. The process Sixers trivia bit was one for the ages. Keep it up. And then this one comes from uh, Wizards Trash Talker. Wizards fans are jazzed about the new front office hires in Washington. Hey, this one is for you. This episode is for you, Wizards Trash Talker. After decades of mediocrity at best, we have hope to break out of our sad, sad hamster wheel. That hope comes from comes in the form of Michael Winger, Travis Schlenk, and now Will Dawkins, all who have OKC ties. As two OKC guys yourselves, what do you think of the Wizards front office shakeup? What can we expect to see in the very near future with Porzingis, Kuzma, um, and all these undetermined contracts? And more immediately pressing, what do you think Will Dawkins and Winger will do with the number eight pick in the draft? Please weigh in with your sage Oklahoman wisdom. Uh, you have any takes, Alex? Of, of our own that aren't from Josh. I'm, I'm glad that we we had Josh on so that we can have yeah. a little Wizards talk for Wizards Trash Talker here. But what's your what's your take on the hires? I would just I would be shocked if they didn't like com- do a complete full rebuild. If yeah. he really does, if Winger really does have the authority to do that, both of those guys coming from the Presty Tree. I mean, we've seen what Troy Weaver did in in Detroit. I, I would be shocked if that is not the path that they take. Yeah, yeah, I would too. I I would say like guys to circle that I think the Thunder, I don't know this for certain, but guys that I think the Thunder would have their eye on are guys like Asar Thompson, Jairus Walker, Anthony Black. All playmakers, mm-hmm. all guys that can do something with the basketball in their hands. And so I, I would be a little surprised if the Wizards went in a different direction knowing 
basically all the work that's been done in OKC and all the work that's been done um, on the draft already for for those guys. I th- I think that those kind of players fit with the style of basketball that I, I think that they'll want to play as well. But yeah, I would expect big changes. I think it's going to be really exciting times with the Wizards. Thanks so much for those reviews. Again, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on the show. Hope you guys enjoy your weekend and the NBA Finals, and we will talk to you guys again next week. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.